Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello, and welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. I'm your host, Mike Moynihan. This week, every week, proud member of Bench Clear Media, and welcome to the show again, guys. Last week was so much fun. We went through the 50s and got so much great response. I mean, genuinely, you guys, I think, really dug that. You know, it's this is a car, this is a podcast about baseball cards and the reality is talking about cards the nostalgia of the sets the beauty of the sets all those all the different cards in the sets and showing them off and all of that great stuff is really at the core of what I think any good channel does um to me the cards you can see pretty much anytime you want it's the stories behind it why they mean something to me or or George or Don my two guests tonight again and uh, it, it's just so much fun to get feedback, and I, and I just really enjoy it. So as you're watching this and listening to this or whatever, give feedback. If you're on listening to it on a podcast on Apple, you know, I would really appreciate it if you went and gave us a, gave this podcast a rating or left a comment in the podcast. I, I would just love this podcast to get more traction and get more out there. I mean, we're getting literally thousands of listens every week, but... I think it's, you know, one of those unique things and, and very niche for sure. But if you're enjoying it, I would just really appreciate that. That would mean a lot to me. So thanks. And if you want to reach out from the podcast and you're not on YouTube and don't want to leave a comment, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Baseball Collector Mike is my Instagram handle. I have so many people that send me messages and stuff and I respond to all of them. So I appreciate that. If you want to do that. So tonight, the spectacular 60s. We're just going in order. We're doing that. We did the 50s last week. So if you didn't listen to that, check it out. We're doing the 60s this week. And next week, we'll do the 70s. Who knows where we'll go from there, but we're at least going to do those three in this series. And I need my motley crew of, you know, cardboard connoisseurs. So I have Don again, Field of Dreams cards, and of course, George Diamond Yard sports cards. Welcome, guys, to the spectacular 60s. How are y'all doing? Good, Mike. How are you? What's up, George? Hey, Don. Hey, Mike. Doing outstanding. This is going to be a lot of fun, and um, I've been looking forward to it all week. Me too. Uh, you know, we just did the 50s, which in the 60s, you have this whole change of the cardboard universe, right? It's tops only for the whole decade. You've got some, I, I would call them, uh, I, I don't know that I'd call them evolutions in sports cards. I'd certainly call it trying to enhance sets. You've got um, a lot of, you know, teen cards are all the time. You've got 
managers making regular appearances. You've got a lot more of the combination cards. You've got all-star cards pretty much running the entire decade. So you've got a lot more than just a base card of a certain player. And I think that actually enhances the sets a lot. The negative I feel about the 60s is just the overall bland designs. I don't think there was a whole lot of creativity going going on in at Tops HQ designing these cards. But there are some great sets in this decade, which we're going to talk about. Again, guys, the format is we're going to talk about our least favorite set, our most favorite set, and then maybe a set that we feel is underrated in the decade. Don, first question to you. Just your overall feeling about sports cards in the 60s. Um, my overall feeling is, you know, that there's some great cards and there's a few years that I really like the, the designs of, of the cards. Unlike the 50s where 55 was my least favorite, I still love it a lot. My two least favorite in the 60s, I don't, I, I really don't like them that much, um, except for a few key cards in those sets. And especially like from 68 and 69, we talked about the Bowman's copying photos. Oh my gosh, we, they did nothing on some of these. And I'm going to show something later about a reverse card. And then the next year they made the card right. It's the same card. And, um, you know, really being lazy in the 60s. Okay. George, what is your overall feeling about the decade of the 60s in the sports card, baseball card world? Well, I'm going to... Uh kind of compare it to well there's a great comment i'm trying to remember who it was but somebody made a comment about like on our last podcast about the 50s are so great um you know and and, and it's like you know by saying you don't like this set or that set it's kind of like saying you know that that's like the beatles worst album which i think is kind of appropriate in in, in the 60s especially because that's the era of the beatles but i mean i i like all these sets i do um i totally hear what don's saying about the lack of imagination the um, lack, seeming lack of effort uh, by tops, and perhaps it was because they were being lazy. There wasn't; they seemed to be producing most of the products out there, and a lot of products. I mean, you know, if we had a lot of the guys in the community, like John Mangini or or, or Dave Blue Jacket '66, they could speak to all these other very special kind of um, rare uh, issues. Not only by tops, but by everybody else. But um, I feel like though the '60s really gave us a lot of consistency in a way because the star cards, like we were saying goodbye in the sixties to Ted Williams, Yogi Berra and Duke Snyder and all these uh, Musial. And I don't want to forget anybody, Whitey, Mantle eventually. Yeah. Spawn. But, but then, you know, there is a great consistency of star power in the sixties. We have all these wonderful cards, straight 10 years of Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente, you know, of Carl Yastrzemski, of, of all these great players that were just stalwarts in the sport and the hobby. And I think really the rookie cards of the 60s are awesome. But I think that the star power of the 60s sets also lies in the fact that there are just consistent Hall of Famers from the beginning in 60 all the way to 69, despite the, the designs. Right. Yeah. Uh, no doubt with that, for sure. It, it's really when I looked at, you know, I do this crazy project called the four decade set in the 60s either one of you guys want to guess how many hall of famers are pictured on cards from the 1960s just to give you a hint, players or, um, or total cards um 
players and managers. There are no umpires. Uh, there are uh, some. No, I guess there's not any like commissioners or anything like that. But in the 50s, there's 449 Hall of Famers pictured between the, all the tops and Bowman sets of the 50s. How many do you think there are in the 60s? This includes combo cards, all-star cards, etc. There's got to be, if there's 400 and some in the 50s, 600 to 700 with all the, the league leaders and, you know, they had those cards like the Mashers or Bombers and they'd have four guys in a photo and maybe three of them are Hall of Famers. So I'll, I'll say 700. I'm going to say about 1,500. Okay. With with Aaron and the leader, like the leaders cards, there you have ten Aarons, and you have how many leaders cards is the guy on? How many Mays? How many leaders cards? All star cards? I'm guessing fifteen hundred, maybe even more. There are six hundred and twenty eight. So Don, you were you were pretty Take close. Your first nice. <laughs> Good job, six hundred twenty. But that's a lot. I mean, yeah. that is a lot. I have eighty percent. I have five hundred of them already out of the 628. So I wasn't able to pull out as many cards because there's a lot of them is, is the point. Um, let's get right into least favorite. Most we'll get, we'll get through this. And as the, as we go, feel free. If you're talking about a set to interject any anecdotal, uh, information that you want to throw out there about that set or about a quirky card in that set. And uh, last week, I think we started with Don for his least favorite. So this week, we're going to start with George, your least favorite set from the 60s. Least favorite set. Um, again, like like I was saying before, it's kind of like picking the Beatles' worst album, really. I, I, I like these, and I have the set I'm going to mention here. I've got a stack of cards from this set. And this, my least favorite set, it was between two, but 1961 tops. Um, I just feel like they were really unimaginative. It was very basic. Um, it's really very plain and a minimal set. Uh, the backs are hard to see. They're not, they're not colorful backs like later on you get in some of the other more premier sets of the era. Um, you have you know, a lot of portrait or up-close shots of players um, like Clemente. Well, no, not, yeah, Clemente, Mendes, Gibson. And so that it just doesn't to me. I mean, I, here's here's a card I'll show. First card, it's a great card, by the way, but it's a maze. It's a '61 maze in a PSA eight, and it's a beautiful card. But he has no hat on. I mean, if you didn't have the San Francisco Giants at the bottom, you wouldn't even know what team he was on. You know what I mean? If you didn't know baseball, and the backs of them are just you know kind of to me real benign. I mean, you've got this, if they had like a brilliant yellow or a darker black, it might look better, but I just, I feel like it really lacks imagination. You've got a lot of, you know, up close cards, like I said. Um, also, it has massive, massive condition issues, which is why the maze card is a valuable card and the high grade cards of this set are valuable, but they are, I mean, try to find a centered 61 card. They, they just had poor, poor quality control. It suffers from really bad cardstock, fish eyes. There's print lines all over it. You'll see black blurs on the 61s, maybe more common than any other set in the 60s, in my opinion. Um, so that I have in my notes, piss poor quality control. So I think that like, that's, that's what I have. I mean, and the all-star cards, here's another thing that kind of bothers me about 
some of these sets. All-star cards were riddled throughout the 60s, right? Some are better than others. But these are high number all-star cards in this issue. So I just am not real excited about an all-star card being worth more than a player's regular issue card because it's a high number. You know, the, the Mantle all-star card is, is a comparable to his regular card or maybe even more expensive. Um, you know, I understand, though, that this was the first – no, it wasn't the first year of all-stars. We talked last week about how it was 58. Um, but I just – I think that Topps kind of knew in 61 it had failed with that set, and maybe they were riding high from the year before – but I think lastly, it's like that's why in 62 they tried something drastically different. Wow. Um, all right. I'm not going to say anything yet because it'll, it'll make sense in a minute. <laughs> Don, what do you feel about George's pick as the least favorite? Set um, it's not my least favorite, but it's not my top five either. I, I can okay. see where George is coming from with not a whole lot of imagination. But some of the rookie cards are some of my favorite, like Billy Williams, Juan Marichal, I think is a great card. Really like the Yastrzemski from that set. Yeah. Just, it, you know, I don't know why this card's an art card. And actually, the Marichal kind of looks like it is, too, if you look at it close enough. Um, and then the Santa, another rookie card. So it, it, I don't, I wouldn't say it's my least favorite. Um, I think there's some really nice cars in it, but it doesn't blow me away either. Um, you know, I, I'd give it like a middle of the road as far as, you know, how I feel about these cards. But you're okay. right, like Gibson is just, you know, it's okay. And I really don't like the maze because I, I like hats on the players. Um, this card, I think, is pretty nice. The Kofax. Yeah, and I think you could say that about any any of these sets. It's not that they're yeah. completely devoid of, of beautiful cards within them, right? There there are some examples of really nice cards. The mantle is very lackluster in 61, right? It's a headshot, if I remember right. Um, but... I'll talk more about it in a minute. Don, what is your least favorite set of the 60s? Well, it's, it came down to two. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this used to be my least favorite. 68. I, I, I didn't like the burlap. But it, it's grown on me a little bit. But I think, and this is kind of going with what George says, the 66 is my least favorite. Um, I, there's just, I think it's kind of boring. You know, the, the stripe here saves it a little bit, in my opinion. And I'm showing the Gibson here. Um, the back is sort of like salmon, which I don't really care about the backs as much as I do the fronts. But I just think they're like this card here, this Lou Brock. Just to me, it's it's just a boring set. Um, you know, when I, I look at cards and, and I'll go through this with my favorites. Like these just don't pop to me. And I can already tell by the looks on your faces that you think I'm crazy, but uh, <laughs> so, but Hey, that would make me two for two. <laughs> I think I'm crazy with these sets, but the, the 66 is just not one that I, I think is that great looking. You know, I do love that. I, you know, we're going to, it's okay for us to not have the same opinions about everything because right. 
that's what makes the hobby so great. That's what makes, man, I love, you love a certain set. I may think it's atrocious, vice versa. That's okay. Like it, and I love that you love it, or I love, or it's okay that you don't like a set that I like, or that's, that's okay. Like I don't get that's one last person going after those cards that you're going that's after. Right. 100%. <laughs> George, what's your opinion of the 66 set that Don hates? I had it as one of my more underrated sets. I, I think that there are a lot of people in the hobby who feel the same way Don does. Um, I feel like by the time, and I can't believe you did this to your, to your guy, your guy, it's his, it's his MVP. It's his MVP year. And it's a beautiful card. He's in every year. So it's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> card. I'm going to pick a year that has Clemente in it, but yeah. So I don't I, have that card. Either. It's, I mean, it's, it's a tough card and it's got, you know, and, and I, I like the, it seems to me like the photography, you, you said like the Juan Marichal looks like an art card and there's a couple of the Santo, the, some of them look in 61, like they're, the photography was just off and it was like unintentionally off, not like we're intentionally doing this. It was, right. I they just weren't advanced enough, but then you get in 66, you get cards like this, where it's just like, it's so rich. It's such a rich picture and the colors on it and it's sharp um you know you got just and i know i and you got the guys have their hats on they have their hats on there's a banks and uh there's a morgan this is raw and off off that kilter. card that card i do like a lot yeah so i mean i, I, I have that in every set a card you like that one you true don't. true i just i feel like when i see a 66 card like that's it's like centered and really nice. I just, and the color's really bold. I, I really enjoy that. I think the back, it's not, the back doesn't, isn't like explosively nice, but at least they're trying. Um, so I had it kind of as an underrated issue, uh, even though it doesn't really have, it's got the Palmer rookie, but not a whole lot. I'm trying to think of other rookie cards in that set. I don't think there are a tremendous amount of them, but I, I think, Don, I think again, you're, it's a common view, I think, that maybe 66 is a little lackluster generally. Yeah, it would be a middle-of-the-road set for me. I don't dislike it. I don't necessarily gravitate towards it. I love the cards that I have in that set. I think the Maze card's really nice in that set, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really like the Maze card. The Mantle's boring. It does have... There's the Maze. Yeah, there's the Maze. I have that one actually signed as well. The... Koufax card is his last card, uh, which is kind of significant, I think, given Koufax quit, you know, mid-genius, right? Uh, Mid-spectacular at 32 or however old he was. And so it's got uh, Maris's last card as a Yankee in the 66 top set. So you've got, I mean, there's some oh, important man. cards oh, in man. that set, but... I get it. I, I can understand why you feel that way. And they would uh, reuse that maze maze picture in '69. Uh, yeah, it would. You know, among others, right. which is so common. I mean, you showed the Clemente from '66 a second ago, Don. That picture is unique, but it is probably from the same photo shoot that every other 1960s card of his is from. I mean, if you look, he's wearing that same cut off. Pittsburgh Pirates jersey, home jersey, that one right there. Yeah, Don. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, George showed it, but yeah, that that photo shoot. There's a whole lot of Clemente cards that you can probably attribute to that one photo shoot that was probably done in '62 or 
63, something like that. So the laziness, we, we keep using this word because that's just what it feels like. It's like you couldn't go take more pictures, you know, an, an example of the player. Uh, all right. My least favorite set. I wrote it. I wrote these down earlier and I would, I want to show it, but I don't want to show it because it also has my other two choices, which will give it away. But mine is also 1961. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to say when George said his least favorite is 1961, my commentary would be reserved for, for me. But one thing I do love about, I do love all-star cards of 61. I love the newspaper, you know, the bursting newspaper, the sporting news, or is it just sport? I can't remember when they changed that over. I don't have an all-star card. I think it's the sporting news. It looks like yeah. a newspaper. And yeah. they'll, they'll, re, they'll redo it, I think, in 70. It'll, yeah. look, it'll be the same kind of thing. You get them confused. Yeah, but I, I do. I love the all-star cards in 61. But overall, that set, I'm, like, I'm not in any hurry to try to complete that set. I don't need all the commons of those guys with their heads showing. And the maze from – how well this will show up, guys, but – there's the all-star cards. No, those that's the MVP set. Yeah, oh. that's that's this this MVP set. Here's a hang. Oh, here we go. Wait, which one are they? Or is, is this it? Yep. Those are the yep. all-star cards. They're uh, that newspaper. I think it says sporting news at the top. But the I do like the MVP yeah. set. I think that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, the MVP cards are really nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they're kind of neat. And you get a lot of star power, a lot of guys that were still playing at the time that had been in MVPs. So yeah, pretty slick. Uh, there's a, I think there's a campy card in that, you know, there's a lot of great players in that set and that subset within the set, I guess. But I, the maze 61 is my least favorite maze of every maze card he ever had was the 61. Uh, but again, I, I love it. I still have it. You know, it's not it, that's the funny thing talking about this. Oh, I hate that car. I, I don't like that card as much as other ones. That's probably the best way to say it. To say I hate it is not true because I own it. Um, and we can say that about all these sets. I don't hate any of these sets. Yeah. You know, and I don't think you two uh, do either, but. It's just it's the game we're playing here. So it is the game and we're I, playing here. I think too that you know the sixties is also full of subsets. Like we talked about the all star cards, those MVP cards, um, those are cool. Especially you know who wins the MVP, some of the greatest players of all time. So it's a good set. Um, and then I think sixty one is the first leaders leaders card uh, for these different guys. And I mean you've got three Hall of Famers here on this one uh, with Aaron National League home run leaders. So, I mean, you start the whole leaders idea in 61 as well. And I think that they really were trying to give people a lot of information about the players who were the pa the kids, past MVPs, who led the league last year, um, who were the all-stars. So, I mean, I'm now I'm kind of, I'm convincing myself otherwise maybe, but there's a lot of positive, positive things to 61. And they try to do a lot of different things. I just think that they didn't, they certainly didn't hit it out of the park on it. Yeah. You also have the, the, introduction of the world series subset you know um let's talk about subsets because that's maybe like i'm trying to think through because i didn't prepare this in my brain but i'm thinking through all of the great subsets in the 60s and i'm trying to go what's my favorite i love the babe ruth special set in 1962 i just think that's great the garrig ruth card is one of my favorite i just think it's a great card um 
that's a great idea. I like in 62, they did a whole lot, right? They did the kind of, I don't know if it's called momentous moments or whatever, like where Musial hits their plays for the Cardinals for 20 straight seasons or trying to think of all of them. Yeah, he has one for 3,000 hits. For 3,000 hits, that's right. Mantle has some, I know. Yeah, and there was a comment by, I'm trying to remember the person's name on our last podcast, that we didn't talk about some of the uh, subsets or the um, the cards that have multiple players on them. And, uh, you know, we were we didn't talk about, like, for example, one of the greatest ones is the 58 uh, picture of, of Aaron and Mantle going like that before the World Series of 57. And so the 60s kind of continues that, too, because there's some fantastic dual and triple photos of some of the greatest players ever. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull one here in just a second to show. Uh, but while I'm doing that, Don, why don't you talk about your favorite set from the sixties? Right. I was between two, but I ended up going with, start with, go with my favorite, one of my favorite players, 1963. So I'm showing Stan Musial here. Just absolutely love this set. Uh, I like how they've got the, the black and white, photo in here along with the, the color picture. Um Will, like the Cepeda rookie, I think is great card. Not rookie, I'm sorry. Just the Cepeda card. I really like. Um thought I had the Brock's card here. That, that's one of the all-time favorites of mine. I guess I don't have it here. But uh the one thing I don't like about this set are the rookie cards, the floating heads. Um, Here's an example right here with Stargell, and Pete Rose has one. So even though this is uh, my favorite set, the rookie cards are not great, in my opinion. Um, I love the Mickey Mantle from this set. Yep. Um, and I believe this year had those all-star cards, too. You were talking about George. I think there's – I forget who's in it, but in the background is Hank Aaron. It's and Johnny Rosenborough. A lot of people think it's Ernie Banks. Mm -hmm. I forget who's on the front now. You guys know what card I'm talking about? I do. I'm just trying to think of the player. Is this an all-star card or is this a like a dual card? It's a dual card, but it's not an all-star game. I'm looking in the book here to see if I can find Well, it. like along the lines of what we're talking about, this is one of the beautiful cards, like a dual. That's, it's like one of those, right? The like Power Plus. Masters with Clemente is a great one. Yeah, I really like those. Awesome. Set. Um, and Don, I know you love this, this one right here, Musial and Maze. I do. I've been looking at that one lately. I don't have that one yet. And then you also have, um, I don't know what they're called here, but again, I'm going to go using this book. These cards here, like Tresh's Homer. Mm. So those are unique to the set. I just think they're just really pretty looking cards. Um, you know, like back to the mantle, I, I love the blue and the green. I just think it goes really well together. So, um, and it was tough because there was another set that was a close, I was between two of them. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, we'll see if one of you guys pick this set, but, um, you, you know, it's funny. I know we keep hashing on the combo card so much, but, but I think it's an important point for collectors out there to understand is if you 
want to go get some great vintage Hall of Famers, that's a great way to do it. You can get mm-hmm. these combo cards relatively cheap like, relative to their individual cards. And now you got two for the price of one or three for the price of one. My favorite combo card of the 60s is this one right here, which is the Superstars, which includes Mantle. This is from 68 Tops, the Mantle Maze Killabrew. That's obviously an all-star game as well. Uh, yeah, I had purchased that. Go ahead, George. I, I just, when I got back in the hobby, uh, it's one of the first cards I purchased. And uh, you could get a high grade for like, for a really reasonable price. And um, and I held on to it and held on to it. And then I, and eventually I got rid of it. And I really regret it because it's such a great card with those three guys. Um, and it, it's a sideways card too, which I really like as well. Yeah, I mean, again, don't don't not get those cards if you're a collector and you've you've never never investigated that or whatever. I, I look into it. I mean, I got the Buck Blasters card from '63 at the National a few years ago for like I think I got it in a PSA seven for five bucks or something crazy. You know, I I couldn't do that now, but those things are still relatively cheap and and don't overlook those they're really really cool all the years have great combo cards like that I, there's mantles and errands and uh mazes and uh the 62 has the manager's dream mantle and maze you know here's a great one friendly foes that has duke snyder in a dodgers uniform and gil hodges in a mets uniform yeah great card on here yeah, too. So. Great stuff. Um, George, favorite set from the 1960s? My favorite set from the 60s is the 1960 top set. Um, Don knew I was going to pick this one, but <laughs> he knew it. And you maybe did too, Mike. I don't know. But I mean, on I- camera, I had George look away and I showed a card from that set, betting Mike that that would be the one he picked. And Mike told me I was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I got I got some cards right here, sixty tops cards, but um, you know, for me, the sixty tops like there's a really great color coordination, um, even down to the lettering of of each letter is different of the player's name, um, like for you, Don here, this Clemente. I mean, you've got, yeah, there you go. You got different. I mean, a red B, a white O, a red B. You know, like. They tried really hard on this set to make it really pop. The Brooks Robinson really pops too with his name. Um, and that blue background is fantastic. And Mike, maybe it is the same uh, photo shoot because he's wearing the sleeves again. I was just going to say that, George. There's <laughs> Brooks Robinson. Yeah. But I mean, I just think this set really gives us like this is kind of the last gasp of that awesomeness of the 50s to me. Um, it just really screams like, the end of the 50s, the beginning of the 60s, the the photos on it. I mean, you got, you know, the color combinations like red, blue, yellow, orange. I mean, it's all over the place. This is Frank Robinson, you know. And, and then you get the logo of, of the team over here. And I always like logos. Um, their, their photography didn't really suffer um, much at all. Uh, and then you got, for example, Koufax. His card is just fantastic here's a Koufax and a seven but it's again the red and the yellow going together I think really like makes it for me um do you have the Hank Aaron there George I do yeah show that that's a great card 
Yeah, this is a Hank Aaron and eight. I think you've told me that's a really tough card to find centered, I believe. Yeah, there are no tens of this card. So there's there's like 17 higher than an eight that are non-qualifiers. So it's super. And the 1960 has very few tens. I mean, if you're looking at graded cards that way. So like if you can get into a 1960 card in like a seven, that's like a really high grade for a 60 card. Um, this one, yeah, Andy, I don't know if... <laughs> One of the guys in the hobby, Andy Maddock, longtime dealer. Uh, we see him in Long Beach sometimes. He said he, this is like 20 years ago, opened up half a case of, 19, of the series with Hank Aaron, 1960. And he said every Aaron was like diamond cut and off badly. So just to, to give you an example of how, how difficult they are, at least from a technical like PSA perspective. But I just feel like this set has like the key Hall of Famers and they're in their prime. You know what I mean? Like when you look at the back of this Aaron card, he hit 355 with 39 home runs, 123 RBIs, won the batting title, 116 runs scored, and he didn't win the MVP because this guy, Ernie Banks, won his second MVP in a row. Now, I mean, you know, it just tells you like the awesomeness. And Aaron had 400 total bases, which I don't think Mays ever had 400 total bases in a season. So, I mean, like, you know, you have just this key Hall of Famers in their prime, um, and then, of course, you know, you have the all-star cards, which we discussed a little bit. And here's one. Um, and they're just kind of unique. You know, they say 60 in the background. There's a Hank and it's a higher grade. Um, but it's just beautiful. I, I mean, I, I, these are kind of really unique. It's got Mantle and all the key Hall of Famers um, seem to be making the all-star team every year. You know, Mantle and, um, and Willie and stuff like that. And then, of course, Mike, I know you have a story to tell us. Uh, because of Carl Yastrzemski, you got McCovey, Cott, and Carl Yastrzemski. So you got a great anchor group there of, of rookies. So, I mean, I think this set really has it all, and it just the eye appeal, and it, it takes us back to 55 and 56. And it's also the only, like, dual dual kind of window of, of the cards. You know, like, it's not a background. It's actually two separate pictures. So that's my favorite set of the 60s. Um, I do love 63, though. I think that's a great set as well. Uh, reminds me, 83 tops obviously reminds me of that one. Right. Wow. I feel like a broken record because my favorite set of the 60s is 1960 as well. We we have the same least favorite set, George, and the same <laughs> favorite set. I if wasn't the same underrated as Paul beforehand. We're, we were going to pick the same team. Right. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's okay that we pick the same set. That just shows. I totally agree. And like, uh, you could, by the way, you, you also can't forget this this guy in the sixty-seven. Yes. So you know. But if we if we pick the same underrated set, George, I'm gonna have to invite someone different back next week because we're gonna have to. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I love the sixty set too. I think the sixty all-star cards are pretty close. The 58, it's hard to beat the 58 all-star cards just because they were the, the first and it was just so beautiful with the two colors for the different leagues on 58 and the stars and all that. But the 60s are a very close second in my favorite all-star card. I mean, they are just awesome. And the names in it are just insane. George, you mentioned it being the prime of a lot of these guys. It was fantastic. I mean, and so I... I do love the 60 set. I finished it. I just, I have a complete set of 1960 tops. It's the first, what I would consider true vintage set that I completed just because it's my favorite. And I just, I love all the colors. 
if I had one complaint about 1960, it's that they're horizontal cards. Honestly, uh, I'm not a big fan of horizontal cards, and so I don't know. It just feels wrong to me that to have a card turned on its side. It feels like a card's turned on its side. That would be my only complaint, and it's not really a complaint. I still love the set. I think that's the only way you could make that two-window thing work, right? You couldn't do it vertically. It would it would look strange. Well, I mean, they and, did if you... Yeah. Sort of, but, but I, it, I know what you're saying, the actual window. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives them a lot more real estate on the card to make right. that work and, and make it have a the proper ratio and it might you think you don't like the uh the horizontal cards because they're graded and they're going to stand up like this or even raw in a binder they bother you yes and yes but yeah. yes to both of those <laughs> i agree when you stand them up it's kind of like eh, you know who's gonna take up too I, much space I have a different theory here about why, and this is just maybe, this is like people in our age group. Uh, Mike and I are very similar in age. And so when we're first collecting, right, in 80, 81, 82, 83, whatever. And if you're collecting cards in the 80s, there were no horizontal cards. Everything was vertical. And I remember they came out with this set like in like 88 or something, and it was bigger cards. And like, I remember the McGuire and some other guys. And I just thought, oh boy, that looks ridiculous that doesn't look right, you know? And so just kind of I, in my mind, I, mean, I love the set obviously, but just, I can understand why, like, cause when we were at our like formative years of collecting cards, this wasn't really something that put, was put out, N not by Aunt Fleer, Fleer, Donruss, Tops. They're all vertical from that era. And, and, you know, you didn't even have cards that were like an option to turn sideways. Like, uh, you know, like 74, you've got, most of them are vertical, but the Seaver is horizontal. And so you didn't, and the Stargill's horizontal as well, as you know, Don. So I, I think maybe that's part of it too. Like you kind of think, well, that's not the way a card kind of should look. I mean, maybe I'm, am I off? I don't know. No, I think that's a, I, I'd never thought about that, but that totally makes sense in terms of a theory of why people in our age group and are in the late forties just feel not that we grew up in the late forties. We are, that's our age. <laughs> is the way we feel and you now you're growing up in the late 40s mike no doubt but you know nowadays it's almost like a third to half of the set is horizontal and then the other third to two-thirds to half is vertical i either pick i'm a big believer pick one either they're all vertical or they're all horizontal i don't like the mixture that happens within the modern sets because if you put that in a binder that, yeah, that makes really sense. Weird. Right. Yeah, and I'm trying to like in, in the modern card world, just to speak to like basketball, a card that used to not be a big card at all. I think it's a 2008 tops base, Kobe Bryant, and it's hor it's horizontal, and LeBron is guarding him, and it just has taken off in the last like two and a half years, and that's not the normal card in the set, but you know that modern collectors love it, and uh, because of two subjects, but it's just a great card. But it was kind of a departure from what they were doing, even in the modern, you know, modern publishing of cards. So, I mean, yeah. you know, the, just the, the on from that set is also horizontal because mm -hmm. he's doing the throwing up the, the chalk or whatever that he does. Yeah. So, and I think that the younger collectors who are, they really love it. They really do. And these cards are even base cards are going for a big, big money. 
yeah. uh, those guys with those horizontal shots. So before we move on, and I meant to say this before I showed the 63s, there's really another top set from the 60s that's really my favorite. But since we were just going with base cars, I didn't think we could count these. And these are my 64 tops stand up. So they're obviously not the base card, but these would be hands down my favorite set the tops came out with in the 60s. And I have all the Hall of Famers uh, in this set. And uh, so I, I know they're not the main base, but want to just include those as another great set the tops came out with in the 60s. Were those inserted in packs or were they separate? They're inserted in packs and there was okay. there were penny packs. There was one card to a pack and you could look through the packs and actually see who was in them. Um, there was, uh, I'm trying to think of, at the National, there was a guy that had five or six packs of those. So they were individual packs. Interesting. I didn't know, but I, I, what I, I guess I was asking, were they inserted in a regular 64 tops as a no. insert they were, card? No, for, they were in their own individual pack. Interesting. There's, you know, you have 64 tops giants. You have, you have things that Topps is doing. It's just not with their flagship set. Right. The coins right. and all the stuff that gets introduced in this decade is all very creative. You just wish it would, could have been incorporated somehow into the base set, but they kept the base sets all pretty. Yeah, I mean, me personally, if they would have made this the regular set, you know, they would have had to put stats and something on the back, obviously, but I would have picked that over some of these other ones all day long if yeah, i if i had that set as a kid i would have pulled them out right they're three-dimensional right you pull them they out are. yeah so they're standard. yeah i would have destroyed them all like i think 86 donors had something like this and right. i met this before and i had them all on my my desk like pulled out of don mattingly and tony gwynn and stuff like that um that's the all-star set the yeah. 86 donors all-stars they the cards were bigger they were like four by six or whatever three by or whatever they were and then they had that tall long pop-out card you know mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, that's a beautiful set done you're right and that that yastrzemski i had never seen that before it's really a rare card it is it's one it's actually the toughest one in that set which is surprising that that was a short print because in 64 he wasn't you know he wasn't carl yastrzemski yet he was on his way yeah we're gonna to have to show a lot more years with you guys agreeing on everything here. I know. <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. So my, I'm gonna throw out my underrated set, and we'll go around the room, around the horn on this because this this might cause either some debate or certainly some questions. And then what we'll do is maybe at the end just show if some of our favorite cards from the decade period. You know, uh, because it may not be in a particular set that we've mentioned. My most, what I think is the most underrated set in the 60s is 1965. And the, the reason I think that is because you have some Hall of Fame rookies, but they're not like inner circle Hall of Famers. You know, you have a bunch of pitchers and uh, who are you thinking, George? Well, I mean, this guy won. Right. This guy won. Uh, Four more Cy Youngs than Nolan Ryan did. That's true. Steve Carlton is in the 65 top set. But, I mean, he, a lot of them are multiplayer. You know, uh, Tony Perez is rookie. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Jim uh, Catfish Hunter is in it. You know, his is also a multiplayer card. And, 
you mentioned something earlier about the multiplayer rookies. The floating heads thing might be the ugliest. There's, you know, idea that they replicated that idea on the league leaders cards. So it's hilarious to see a floating mantle head and you know all these guys. Uh, it's pretty funny. But the 65 set, I just think the the design of it is sneaky good. And I, I love the pennant. I love the colors of it. Uh, I love that it has a border. Uh, the Frank Robinson that Don's showing right now is gorgeous. I mean, look at that yellow behind the reds. I mean, it's it it works, I think, a lot. And there's a lot of great players in it. A lot of, you know, there's not Another, a ton of boring pictures. Lakers combination on the McCovey. So, like that kind of card, you're showing the Willie McCovey, which is a, a close-up shot, but he's in his batting stance. And I think that's okay. Like that's, you know, it, it gives you a good look at the player. Anyway, I think the 65 is, un, is underrated. Um, what do you guys think about my underrated choice? This was actually one of my favorite sets. This was in the running with a couple other ones. I just think that they're just so nice. Um, I, I agree with what you said with, with the pennant on it. Um, there's a lot of stars in it. I'm not a big rookie card guy, so that doesn't come into play for me when I'm looking at sets. Um, Tony psyched on baseball cards is doing this set and, uh, He's got a really nice run of these as well. But I just think um, – I think you're right as far as underrated. You can get some of these Hall of Famers, as we say, relatively cheap. Right. You know, not cheap. But um, – and I pulled this one at my local card shop for 25 bucks, and I'm thinking it's a six or seven. You know, it's hard to see on here. But um, – and that's it, that's the Carl Ustremski I'm talking about. So – I, I totally agree with you, Mike. Like I said, it was in the running for one of my favorite sets. Hey, Mike, I think you and I are having a mind meld. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, I'm not – Don, I'm glad you feel the same way. I, I think that this this set – I had it as my second favorite set of the 60s, and I think that this set screams 1960s. This set is like the most 1960s set to me. Uh, they try different things with their photography, like you said. I mean, this is one of the best 1960s cards. It's just so creative. It's so cool. The green, you know, it's like the green goes with the red, you know? I mean, it's just perfect. And and the back, too. Like, I know we talk about backs, but it's blue. It looks really nice. Like, as a kid, you turn it over, you're like, oh, that back's kind of neat, man, you know? Like, I just think it screams 1960s. The pennants just take the cake. I mean, even even a team card of the Yankees just looks really nice, you know. Like, and it's done from a different angle. It's not just straight on. Uh, you've got your you got your second or your third is a third year third year Stargell. But again, this like the Clemente that Pirates logo with the pink bottom and the outline is just fantastic on this card on the Clemente. It just screams 1960s to me. Um, this is a, a co uh, sorry a Morgan rookie and a seven and a half. Yeah, look at that yeah. K line, absolutely gorgeous, right? I mean, and the the again they chose orange for the Tigers, perfect. Um, so I, I just I think this set more than underrated to me. I mean, I just I think there's key rookies like I, I said with the Morgan and the Carlton and um, Catfish and Tony Perez, a gorgeous star cards um, of of all those guys, including Gibson and 
and Yaz. I mean, even the leaders cards look sharp and, uh, and there aren't a whole lot of, there are no all-star cards. I don't think in this set, um, which I kind of like, frankly. And I mean like this, to me, like this Koufax card might be his nicest card in the sixties. I mean, he's, that's Koufax right at the height of his powers, staring you down. And I just, and it's blue with the orange and just the colors all work for me. And I just think these are fantastic cards. So Mike, I could not agree with you more. We are here, man. We are in sync. <laughs> I'm telling you. Don, what's your most underrated set of the 60s? I'm going to go with 1962. Ah, I was wondering how when 62 would get brought yeah, up. The, this the um, and this is a set that's grown on me over the years. Um, but I just think it's a really great looking set. I, I like the trophy cards on it. I like the rolled up photo with the wood grain. I love this Billy Williams. I think the Willie Mays is a great card in the set as well. He's actually happy in it. Um, Ernie Banks is one of my favorite as well. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people had this on their least favorite or close to the bottom too because of the wood grain. Um, you know, I, some people just don't like that. Here's something unique about this, especially Gaylord Perry. So this is his rookie card. And in 63, he's a floating bobblehead. So they went backwards with him. He had a, his own card. And then in 63, he ends up on the uh, the floating heads. So, and uh, just, you know, the artwork on the back to the cartoons. So I don't think this set gets as much love as as some of the others. Um, you know, Lou Brock's the key rookie. I'm trying to think, you guys will know better than me with the rookies if anyone else is in this set. Um, oh, that's the key one, and it's a so very hard card to get. Is, Tor is Joe Torre in the set? He is, but and I love the Joe Torre card. He's sitting catching. You know, it's mm -hmm. squatting down. That's a great card. That's backward. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the all-star cards in 62 are meh. You know, they look very much like the base cards. There's nothing special about them, really. The I do agree with you, though, Don. I know a lot of collectors that 62 is their least favorite set of the 60s. Yeah, I, could, I can understand that. Um, I don't. I don't know that one and 68, right? But you have to at least commend Tops for trying something different. Now, you could argue it didn't work, but the 68, the burlap, okay, something different. Instead of just a white border with some color and team names, they, they, they're trying to do something unique. Props to them for that. But uh, I, I would put 60. It's hard to rank them. Like if I was to have to rank all the all of them it'd be very difficult but i i like the 62 it's grown on me over the years there's another set we haven't talked about that was very close to being one of my favorites and uh that's this year 64. 64. beautiful was, set yeah that was i was tough between 63 and 64. i kept going back and forth because I, I just love them both but i think this is a great looking set too and here you've got the, uh, I don't have the P. Rose, but I think most people would agree that's nicer than his rookie card. And same with the Stargell because of that floating head thing they did. George, what is your most underrated set? Um, well, I'm going to, if I could, 
Underrated. I thought you already did it, Georgia. We're, no, we're going to flip-flop here because this is perfect because Don and I have the exact – op. well, most underrated set I have is 64. Okay. I have I have that as my most underrated set because I just feel like it's got so much going for it with the, you know, the – the colors on it, the again, you know, the pictures. A lot of people think it's just plain, like plain, but um, the backs, orange. Um, that Clemente you showed, Don, is just a fantastic card of him. Frank Robinson looks great. Uh, this set, and this is an interesting card I came across. Bill Paul, and it almost looks like it's a card from the 40s or something. I was just going to say that. It, the it way the shadows hard. are. I'm like, is yeah. that Charlie Geringer? It can't be Charlie Geringer because he's smiling. But anyway, so, <laughs> it's like it's got. I mean, it's got some rookies, you know. I mean, you got Larusa, um, but yeah, you're right. That that uh, rose card. I'm searching for the rose card, but that is one of the great cards of the '60s. The Pete Rose. Um, other guys that you have, you know, Brooksy. There's an eight. Um, the star cards. Are pretty good. They're not the best of the '60s, but uh, the Rose really takes the cake, in my opinion, for like a, a rookie cup card. Um, so much better than his rookie card. Absolutely. And so I'm going to segue from that into my most overrated set of the '60s. I feel like is '62 tops. Um, and I know I might get some heat for it. And uh, I mean, I just have written down some stuff like wood grain. It's creative, but it's like blah, bland, and blah to me. Um, the colors don't pop on it as much. There was even, there's even a green tint variation of about 80 plus cards have a green tint. So, and that was because I guess they had changed the card stock and they were trying to print the rest of the series. You know, I, I mean, you already got kind of a blah set and then you put a green tint to it. That's kind of, I don't know, but I mean, it does have fantastic cards though. I mean, you know, there's, there's no doubt, you know, that there's beautiful cards like there's Clemente. Um, Mantle, you know, I mean, these are nice cards. Uh, the Hank Aaron's a nice card from that year. Hank's great. Here's your here's your Musial, six and a half Musial. Yeah. I mean, so these are great cards. But one thing I want to say is uh, we're talking nine, about. Uh, I, I got you by a half. Card. Oh yeah, nice, <laughs> nice card. Last thing I want to say though is you can blame the 1962 set for the floating heads. It starts with the leaders cards in 62, they start floating heads and they don't stop and they ruin the most, I mean, not ruined. The Rose rookie is the most sought after card of the sixties and probably the most expensive. Um, but the floating heads are why we have that Rose rookie in a floating head, I think. So Mike, I want to show something you're talking about that I only have one where I can really show it. And the Garrig Ruth, uh, the one in my right hand, is a regular and the one in my left hand is a green tint and you can really tell when they're next to each other especially if it's the same card it's incredibly obvious but the what psa has started doing and i don't know if sgc does this or or back bb bbg or whoever but they will now call it green you know they'll put green tint on the flip do they my green tent one is so old. I mean, it's it's got a two on the beginning of the serial number. If that tells you how long ago it was graded, it's it does not say green tent, but uh, they do now. Like they will, you can distinguish by they will put it on the flip if it because if you just look at it by itself, it's very <coughs> difficult to discern 
the green tint unless you know what to look for versus a regular card. But looking at them side by side, there's no like it's very easy to tell. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to pull those because I just happen to have both of those versions in this card. It's because I love this card so much. This is from Lou Gehrig Day at Yankee Stadium when mm-hmm. he gave the famous speech and, and Ruth was there and he gave, you know, they, they had been pretty, had a pretty contentious relationship late in his, in Ruth's career. They didn't talk a lot because apparently Ruth insulted Gehrig's mom. And then they uh, finally, this was the day they made up was oh, really? on Lou Gehrig day. So just an interesting, uh, sorry. I said we could share anecdotes and that's an anecdote that I thought was mm-hmm. worth sharing, but uh, okay. Uh, I like the overrated uh, curveball you threw in there, George. That was good. Um, well, I mean, and, and just wanted to say one more thing. The 62 top set does have a lot of great cards like this one. For example, we talked about dual players together. I mean, this manager's card I was trying to think of earlier. Okay. Yeah, this guy I mean, Aaron in the background and, and Johnny Rosenborough. A lot of people think it's Ernie Banks, but it's, if you look at numbers, it's the wrong number. Yeah, it's definitely Hank. You're right. And yeah, this is, I mean, you get these great cards, you know, 64, like you'd said, Don, it's got the Maze and the Aaron NL All Stars card. I mean, you have these Inner Circle Hall of Famers, like your Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig card, Mike. I mean, just really cool moments that these guys, you know, these all time greats have on these cards. So, I mean, I'm not – I think it's overrated, but I still love it. It's like I still love the Beatles' Let It Be. I mean, it's like I, it's all great. I agree. Interesting. So, Mike, do you have an overrated set? Overrated set. Uh, God. Not that I can think of something that people just love and I go not so much. Uh, I mean, the 69 is pretty – blase we haven't you know we didn't really talk about 67 to me it's again anytime you don't have a logo i love the logos right and so when you compare a logoed card team logoed card with a non-team logoed card like the 67 just got the team name and i was gonna say there wasn't a huge difference between 67 and 69 yeah you got a circle versus a the straight bottoms almost identical right a little bit yeah, bigger border similar. on the 69s although the Seaver card in 68 and 69 are both fantastic um but in yeah, the, the ryan card is obviously fantastic i'm oh. going to show a few of my favorite cards that i own from the 60s because i just think they're great and ironically they're in sets we haven't really talked a ton about mm-hmm. there's two the I I love the Seaver rookie, very um, hard card. Like, and I think finally getting its appreciation. This card's getting way more expensive, but it it's always been kind of expensive because it's a high number uh, or semi high number. No, it's a high number. It's a high number. Yeah, I was gonna buy that. I had purchased that card on eBay from a guy two Novembers ago in a seven, and and I finally was like, oh, I finally got the Seaver. And uh, it was a nice one. And, and then, like, he backed, he essentially said he sent it. He didn't send it. Anyway, I got my money back, but it's like I got so frustrated by that that I stopped looking for like a year. And then in that time period, right. I mean, what a great card of a, a top pitcher all time. Um, I agree, Mike. You know, it's got the Carew 
Um, so and it's got that card. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm Perfect. showing a career rookie that happens to also be autographed. Uh, this is Don. Yes, they can. George's favorite. That's Dick Allen's brother, right? It's Hank Allen. Yeah. Dick Allen's brother, yes, with him, okay. Hank Allen. Uh, I have this. I have this one, and I have another one that's not autographed. Mm -hmm. This one's actually graded higher than the non-autographed version, but uh, I love the crew as well. The Yastrzemski is awesome in that year. That triple crown, Yastrzemski, him swinging, yeah. coming through. I don't have it. I've been looking for it, but I don't have it. Uh, then in 68, you have the same thing. You have two great, one great position player and one great pitcher with, with these dual rookie cards. You have the Nolan. Does everybody have their Nolan out? Don, do you have a Nolan rookie? I do not. Oh my gosh, that should be like top of your list. I don't like. I don't I'm have one. I have one. Shared rookie cards. Like I, I know it's it's one of the iconic cards, but I, I'll take this one all day. Yeah, I, this is. I mean, I have a Nolan rookie too. I don't have it on me, but um, yeah, this is just. I mean, I get it. The rookie cards. I, I just don't. I like their singular cards better. Personal preference. Like this one. 67 or 69 bench. Yeah. Like this this and the Rose might be two of the best rookie cup cards that, that exist. You're still in my thunder. This is going to be my favorite card from the 60s. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Don. That's all right. <laughs> it's so funny, though, how, you know, it, it's not – it the, the similarities of recognizing what a beautiful card is, right? It's, it's a combination of the player, the photo – the design, it's it's kind of easy to pick your favorite cards. We can all go, yep, one of my favorites of the 60s. I think yeah. there would be so much similarities between not just us three, but a lot of vintage collectors out there. The, the great cards are the great cards, and there's not a whole lot of debate. You know, uh, the Ron Tompkins rookie is, is another <laughs> signed one. I have a signed Johnny Bench rookie along with the regular one. But uh, – but it, Mike, even though you have a, for all the signed copies you have, you have a, a not a raw, a, a non-signed version of it. I do. Okay. Just, and I usually, I not just usually, exclusively I have bought the regular one first and then happened to see a, right. a, a autograph I, one, and I will pick that up when I can, which I think it just adds to it. Like to have the rookie regular and then a rookie signed is all the better, right? Um, and this thing you buy that original one and then it just opens the door. You're like, well, I already have the rookie. Well, boy, that one's autographed. Sometimes the right. autograph isn't all that much more, frankly. It isn't. I mean, like, this bench, I, I bought this bench at the National this year. So during all the crazy, right? And it's got a 10 auto. It's got a Hall of Fame inscription. Uh, the card's probably a three or a four, So, it, but it's fine. It looks no, no creases. It's a very nice looking card. And I paid $300 for this. I mean, you can't buy a bench rookie period in a good, in a decent grade, mid grade fives and sixes for that price. So yeah, what would you say the grade is on the card? It's not graded on the flip, but I would guess it's a three or a four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. I was trying to move this bench. I just showed you it's a five, I have a higher grade one, but I, it's a 5.5 and I'm trying to move it at the long beach show. And I, couldn't move it for 300 bucks and it's a five and a half. So I was like, man, I'll, I'm keeping it. <laughs> it's Johnny bench. You know, right. why not? 
And that's um, the weird thing. You've got these a, a lot of the 60s rookies that if they're not high number rookies are very reasonable. Very, very reasonable versus the 50 stuff, right? And so you know, if you want to go look for like a bench rookie, still shockingly not expensive. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Here's yeah, a guy that's not expensive. Tom Drysdale. Yeah. Uh-huh. All day, a reasonable price. Yeah, people yeah. think there's this misconception. And I, I'm going to do a myths about collecting vintage video where I just talk about these, I think, myths in the hobby that are misunderstood and, and that vintage has to be expensive. It's not that you can't go buy a bench rookie for 20 bucks, but you know, for what it is, it's reasonably priced. And I think that, I mean, bench is probably the greatest catcher of all time. You could argue that very easily. And you were trying to sell a a very nice rookie card and you couldn't get $300 for it. I mean, that just sounds crazy to me, you know? So don't and maybe it'll take, you know, the appreciation grows as, as he gets older. There was a, a, a Costasid interview with Mays and Aaron and Koufax and Bench. And it was basically, they said, yeah, it's awesome. They yeah, said that the awesome. four greatest, I'm sorry, Don? No, I'm just agreeing with you that it's awesome. Oh, yeah. The four greatest living baseball players as voted on by, I'm not sure if it was players or writers. I mean, Bench is in that inner circle. And and he was like a kid in a candy store with these four these three Hall of Famers, you know. Listen to them, and you know it, it was just uh, amazing to watch. You know, is that um, something you can find on YouTube? Because I would it love is to on YouTube. It, it's great. And, and Bench even mentions that Mays walks by him and is like, "You should be the starter." And he was just like, "Oh my God, Willie Mays knows who I am." Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a couple stories I just want to say real quick before we go. I was watching a video today about George Foster. And he we were interviewing him and he you know came up with the Giants and he was saying how he really just couldn't believe he was gonna play with Willie Mays. Well, they were doing pretty good, and he was like the fourth outfielder on the late early 1970 Giants, and he ended up not coming up, and they laughed at him and they said, Well, we're gonna get traded to the Reds because they're in last place. And so then he gets he gets traded to the Reds and he's all down. Um and then, uh, and eventually later on in his career, he, he came to Pete Rose, and Pete Rose was giving him grief because he's a young call ball player, and Pete was established. Later on, George Foster, and he, George, Pete eventually took care of George Foster and helped him out and actually moved from outfield to third base to allow George Foster to play left field for them full time. And uh, Foster found out later that Willie Mays had called up a Pete Rose before, right after the trade occurred and told Pete Rose, take care of George Foster. And he had no idea that Willie Mays like cared about him, you know. Right. So I thought that was a really cool story. I got a couple cards in this book to show if it shows up all right because they're kind of funny stories. So like this Dave Bennett right here, and I found this out by reading it on PSA. I guess on the back it says this 19-year-old curveball thrower just turned 18. <laughs> oh. And then there's this one. This, I don't know if you're familiar with this one, George. Mike wasn't. It's Ken Hubs, and it's the in memoriam. He okay. passed away. He was a he won rookie of the year, and he was the only rookie to win the gold glove um, in his rookie year, obviously. But even though he died in a plane crash, he was a pilot in 1962. He shows up again in 1966 on Dick Ellsworth's card. This is actually Ken Hubs. He's been wow. for two years. Talk and about a screw up. 
And, here, and then I just want to show you this screw up here. So in 1968, you've got Larry Haney, catcher. And then when you talk about laziness, you go to 1969, and here he is here, same picture. I can't see what I'm doing here. I yeah, I can what, see. Where is it? Okay, he's left-handed. So they they didn't change the picture, but they screwed it up and did it reverse. So it, there's so many examples in the '60s. If you just do some searches on, I think there's one of someone. It's actually the Bat Boy on the card. I think it's a 69 Aurelio Rodriguez or something like that. It's the bat boy in the photo and not the uh, the player. Well, the 63 Ron Santo is a completely different player. Is and it? Then, or or it's, a, it's either Ron Santo's card is not correct or some another cub has Ron Santo pictured as said player, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot of those kind of weird stuff in yeah, this. Man, I, I look up and we're over an hour and I know people have said in the comments they could listen to us for hours, but I think there's plenty of people that didn't make a comment that are like, will you guys please shut up? So, uh, man, the 60s was a fun decade. Next week is the 70s. Any final words, George or Don, about today's episode? Just as last week, it was awesome. Um, we could talk all day, and it was even kind of harder because we didn't even talk about a lot of years just because you guys, not that it's a bad thing, but you just happen to agree on some of the same years. Um, and like we said in these other videos, there's no bad year. You know, it, would I turn down a, um, you know, a 66 Koufax, a 66 Gibson, even though I said it was my least favorite year? Of course not. You know, that's how we are as collectors. But it's it, it's funny to see other people's opinions. You know, you, you think something looks great and someone else is like, that's one of the worst cars or years I've ever seen. And that's that's the beauty of collecting. You know, you always see these videos, collect what you like. And it's so true. It's like, don't follow what other people say, you know, pick what you like. Nice. George. Great advice. I, I, I was thinking that, just leave at least my, my last comment here. I was thinking about how, this is the last decade of the players um, that we like did we didn't see at our age group. You know, like, like the, around a little bit of over fifty, a little under fifty that we didn't we didn't see. So you know, when we're when we're hearing about Hank Aaron, you know, we we didn't really see him. Maybe you know, and they would retire. Uh, but it's also the time when we got to see these guys later on that we would actually see play. You know, we'd see an older Rose or a middle-aged rose, we'd see bench. So that's what's kind of really exciting about the 60s to me is that when I was growing up, you could try to get the rookie cards, and now you can get the rookie cards of the guys who were still playing, like Reggie, um, you know, Bench, Palmer, Ryan, the guys that were still – the rookie cards are the guys that you watched play, and I thought that that was really neat, uh, along with all the great Hall of Famers that had long since retired. And that's by the time we – think of that. By the time we started watching them, they were already legends, right? Yep. Carlton and Seaver, these guys were the wiry veterans that we watched in the 80s as Tony Gwynn and Wade Boggs and Ryan Sandberger coming up, you know, Ricky Henderson. So you always have those bridges, right? You always have from era to era, you can go, man, they were the bridge between Mantles and Clementes and these guys and the current guys, you know, Stargell. I watched Stargell play. 
obviously Don did because he's older than dirt, but the rest of us, you know, I caught the end of Stargirl's career and, you know, it just, uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about the eighties, but the 83 Donruss Stargirl card cracks me up. Oh yeah. 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 He, needs he needs to hit the gym. <laughs> it's just he, like, he's playing in the major league. Are you kidding oh, yeah. me? It gave everybody like, it gave everybody a little bit of hope. Right. You got guys like this. I think got cards until like last year. Right, Phil Negro, yeah. Along. So yeah, you're like, you're like yeah. if Wally Moon can do it, if Wally Moon can do it, I can do it. Right. I could surf on his eyebrows, like seriously. <laughs> um, but thank you guys again for joining me this week. Thanks to everybody out there for listening, watching. We really appreciate it. We again we could, as Don said, we could talk about this all day. We love this and I hope you're enjoying this series. Next week will be the 70s. We hope to see you then. Have a great week, everybody. Keep collecting. Thanks, everyone.